to The Measure of a Fan, a Star Trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek in chronological order, one of them enduring it all for the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. Hello. And our resident Trek first timer, Elliot Red. Hello everybody. And new season, new everything, so we thought, let's get a guest in. So we have a, a pretty cool guest today. She is an animator who has worked on the Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists, Quentin Blake's The Clown, Terry Pratchett's The Abominable Snow Baby, Star Wars Visions, among others, and she's the host of the Retakes podcast. It's Danny Abram. Oh, PJ. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I've, I've told Danny this before, so she does know, but as well as being uh, a, a good friend and just a general awesome person, because she's worked on Terry Pratchett and Star Wars, you're pretty much one of my biggest heroes as well. Get out. No, it's you know how much <laughs> I love Pratchett and Star Wars. It's... Yeah, it's, I mean, he's mentioned this before. What's it like? Nelson Mandela, Danny, and... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> the, the Holy Trinity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there is one important question we have to ask you, Danny. Uh -oh. What's your history with Star Trek? Oh, God. <laughs> my history with Star Trek is thus. I've watched 14 minutes of it today. That was one short twice. <laughs> I know, I know for a rock fact that I have been to see the Chris Pine Star Trek movies in the cinema, but I have anxiety, so like, <laughs> not many positive experiences stay in my head. So I can't, <laughs> I can't remember like a single thing of it, even though I think I enjoyed it. <laughs> And then I've seen some memes and some gifs, and, <laughs> and, and, and listeners, that is it. <laughs> Any particularly good memes? Or... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, can't think of one right now. Yeah, do the memes that you see often reference or, you know, talk about something that you have absolutely no context for? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I'm aware of it. It's been around, like, my entire life, obviously, but, like, I've never dipped in. I've never dipped my toe in, and I don't know why. And I, I was once listening to a podcast, maybe it was your podcast, <laughs> <laughs> where like it started out as like, like tea time dramas for women. And I heard that and was like, that's so cool. Like tea time sci-fi dramas for women because it's quite like soap opery. But then that still didn't tip me over into a viewer. So I don't know what <laughs> we've got to do. I don't know. <laughs> and then I came along and said, Danny, watch Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. But like most of the things that I watch, uh, I'm pretty biased towards animation, obviously. So like live action normally, like I don't chase that or seek that out. <laughs> so the fact that you said, can you come on? And it's for an animated episode. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes perfect 
Yeah, well, I think it's it's a good time to be joining us because unlike other people who it's their first ever one, we've where we've gone right in the middle of Star Trek Enterprise, you're joining us at the start of our fifth season, and it's a a brand new dawn because we are looking at a short trek. We haven't looked at any of those before, and oh. it's it's a complete break from anything we've seen previous to this. So this this is going to be interesting. I hope. So today we are looking at. The Girl Who Made the Stars, which was written by Brandon Schultz, directed by Olatunde Osunsanmi. I hope I got that right. <laughs> and it first aired, if you can call being put on streaming, aired on the 12th of December, 2019. So this oh, is wow. the most modern Star Trek we've looked at so far. I think the, the, the most modern we've gone before this is 2003, 2004. <laughs> And yeah, so normally if we're starting on a new Star Trek, we'll talk about the opening titles, but there's not much to talk about here. Just the discovery flies through and you get the episode title. That's it. But does anyone want to talk about that? It's pretty though, isn't it? <laughs> it was short and sweet. It worked. As of somebody who's seen Discovery before, I knew immediately what it was. <laughs> I didn't, but I thought, oh, that looks spacey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's a Star Trek ship. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the genius of the star trek ship because you know exactly what it is straight away it's true you don't confuse it particularly i take it you know you don't confuse the main the main line and star trek ships for like any other franchise really do you yeah. they're very unique to the design yeah it's like three tubes and a dish plate yeah well because <laughs> it was cheaper <laughs> but it was iconic at the same time it's beautiful and graphical. That's what I will say. I, <laughs> I like the red whoosh that goes behind the ship as it flies over yeah. the title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this 40-year-old Star Trek fan, I like I the really red whoosh. really do. 41. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you were a superhero, your name should be the red whoosh now. <laughs> um, and then we, we get our opening, and we're uh, it's, it's animated straight away. We've got a nice cartoon space station uh, cg animation the space station has stuff going on around it i'm not a scientist i don't know what it was and then on the space station a young girl michael burnham is frightened and she wakes up and cries for her daddy oh elliot obviously Yo. matt's fine does the name michael burnham mean anything to you elliot no well, she is the main character of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, okay. I was going to ask this. Like, are these okay? That that makes people? the episode seem like it should actually exist. Then, yeah, yeah. that's fair in, enough. In Discovery, she's a live action and be a grown up. Yeah, uh, but other than that, okay, right. that 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 gives the episode honestly more context than I had for it previously. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to ask if if the ship in the beginning. Mm. Is that a known ship? Is that a uh, ship that like you guys recognise? Yeah. Oh. Okay. No, I mean not the titles. The one where she wakes up in. Oh, the one she wakes up in. Oh, that... the, the, the base. Oh. Yeah, yeah that's what I that gets uh, referred okay. to in Star Trek Discovery. So I cool. think if you, I can't remember if this came out between the first and second season or second and third, but if you'd seen the second season of Discovery, you'd know that space station. Right. But neither of you have, so. <laughs> I, I was a little bit iffy on it myself. I was like, I'm, I am recognize the shape of it, so I'm assuming I've seen it before, but I've definitely seen that season, and I didn't remember it from that. <laughs> and now the helicopter is at my house. Oh, I can hear you too. It must be between our houses. Oh, 
this is one of the exciting things that we talk about, Danny. Sometimes on okay. the show, sometimes, and we all live in the same city. Sometimes there's a helicopter. <laughs> same. And I, I live in a in a beautiful neighborhood with uh, tree lined boulevards and uh, beautiful shops and coffee shops and that. Patrick lives in a scary neighborhood across the other side of the tracks. It's up and coming. It's up and coming. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. Not fast <laughs> enough. Quite a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so if the helicopter's over me, it's protecting the gated communities. And if it's over Patrick, <laughs> looking for Patrick. Or other criminals. Yeah, there are other criminals. criminals. <laughs> so, Danny, as an animator, how was this opening space shot? Uh, beautiful. Did you just check your notes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sets the context, doesn't it? Like, I, I was a little bit questioning. I was like, am I supposed to know where I am? And then when she wakes up, she's got the model in her bedroom. And I was like, am I supposed to know that that's where she is? <laughs> most, of, most of my notes are questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll answer what we can. <laughs> I think it's implied. Yeah, I think this is just going to be a product of the act of watching things out of order. As a viewer, it always, especially in my brain, always makes me go... I. Less so with this episode because I knew this was an anthology episode and I knew it wouldn't matter as much. However, there still is a bit there of like, oh, this was made very recently with like 60 plus years of Star Trek legacy behind it. So, you know, there's always a bit of your brain that's going, oh, is that a reference to something I'm not getting? Like <laughs> that question is I, always popping up in your brain whether I you mean it to or exactly not. exactly the same. And I feel as well a level of like, am I smart enough? Am I like, <laughs> am I going to... Uh, should I be understanding? Should I know this already? Am I not smart enough? <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't worry about it. There's, there's a, lot, a lot of the content of the show is putting breakfast cereal inside your body in unusual ways. Like I wouldn't worry about it at all. You'll be fine. I don't think she'd listen to that great. one, Matt. <laughs> it's for the best. It's for the best. New series, new jokes, guys. Different ways of eating breakfast cereal. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, on that note, you get to see people eat a lot of their meals in the in, in the actual Star Trek. So if you like that, then you can see that a lot. Actually, I love a bit of realism. I'm oh, always yeah. like, if I watch something, I'm like, when do they go to the toilet, though? Hmm? Why do they never address that? Yeah. So if that happens, I'm I'm well for that. I've never paid close attention to the to the consistency of their meals and whether they actually the chunks remain or if they're next next cut there's more meatloaf than there was before or something. I've not paid attention to that before. Oh, Elliot's found another stick to beat Star Trek with. <laughs> <laughs> During the original series, they eat like a series of coloured cubes as their like... It looks like, like Play-Doh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the future. The <laughs> future. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, this, this child is Michael Burnham. Can anyone mm -hmm. else name another lady named Michael? No. Oh, me sir, please. Princess Michael of Kent. Yes. Is that the answer? Uh, no, I had a different answer, but yes. <laughs> one, of, one of the bangles was called Michael as well. Michael oh, Steele. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, I love that. That's three. There we go. 
Me. I think Princess Michael of Kent is named for her husband, though, right? I'm sure she's got her own name. <laughs> yes, she does. I don't know how royal families work. It's all inbreeding and shit, <laughs> isn't it? Getting <laughs> <laughs> away with it, Danny. Thanks. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll go we'll go with that. We can chop that bit out, right? <laughs> One of the things I, I don't want to be antagonistic is I end up googling people because I get angry about them. Oh, um, okay. Right. Oh, Robocop oh. got it in the neck. But oh, he really what? didn't. Robocop did not get it in the Robocop? neck. It was clean. Oh, it, it turns out I was looking for dirt on Robocop, and it turns out he's okay. <laughs> he's a good cop. Matt got obsessed <laughs> with the idea that because Peter, what's his name, Peter well. Weller, is Robocop, he must be a bad person in some way, and there would be evidence of it somewhere out there. Yeah, I mean, this was his fair, stepping stones. These were the stepping stones he stepped fair, on for these thoughts. In in my defense. Like, if you look at a famous man, if you look at their Wikipedia, there's probably something sinister on there. Yeah, yeah you know what? Yeah, I'm willing to agree with that. <laughs> it turns out Peter Weller is clean as a whistle. Yes! <laughs> Which has, of course, reinforced Matt's, that's even worse. That means there's definitely something wrong with him. <laughs> I've read my piece with it, okay? I love, I, I love Peter Weller. <laughs> I love so, that I don't trust anyone, though. I so who's that. in your bullseye this week, Matt? Uh, well, now it's Princess Megala Kent, who turns out her real name is Marie. No, it's not. It's sorry, Marie Christine Anna Agnes Edwig Ida von Riebnitz. Is it Whoa. spelled Michael? <laughs> that would be so funny. She was like a robot. <laughs> also, though, royal family, so definitely a lizard. Oh yeah, yeah. Motorized, in- integral, Please chain, handle, <laughs> activated. Elongated lady, Michael. I'll <laughs> <laughs> repeat that. I will when the podcast um, comes out. Okay. I'm going to draw that. <laughs> oh, please do. We need more fan art. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Michael Burnham, child, she's afraid because there's space shit happening outside, and her daddy comes in, who's also named Michael, so that's where she got her name. Ah, Michael Senior. Michael Senior Burnham. Never named, is he? In the I, I wondered if you guys knew this as well. Yeah, he he pops up. Obviously, in the she show calls him well. dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I knew his name. He he pops up in Discovery as well, played by okay. the same actor. Obviously, the child Aww. isn't. <laughs> and and he says, "Hey, don't be afraid." And she says, "Fuck you, dad! Don't be afraid." And he's like, "Right, I will tell you a story about not being afraid." <laughs> She words it way better than that, though. Yeah, yeah, she's she's saying something like, "There's nothing to fear, but fear itself," or something along those lines. <laughs> In she, so she, so she says, and I love this line so much, I wrote it down. She says, "Sometimes I just feel like it's you, me, and mummy out here in the middle of all this nothing, and it's going to eat us, and no one will ever know." And I wrote that down because same. <laughs> that is a gorgeous line for a kid to say because like. Can you remember when you were a kid and you learned about the vastness of space? Did that make you yeah. cry? Because it made me so it made afraid. Me to this day. I didn't fathom it properly <laughs> at that age. I just found it interesting. What worried me was when I found out that the sun was going to eventually eat our planet. And I was like, but my bones! <laughs> <laughs> what oh, is it with your family and bones? Why are you and Lisa obsessed with bones? Oh, yeah. Lisa is terrified by the darkness of space. That her the scariest film she ever watched was Gravity. So, oh, that is scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is scary. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, 
Michael's father is telling her the story of the girl who made the stars, which starts a thousand centuries ago in Africa with the first tribe of people, or the first tribe, or first people. They're referred to as a number of things. And they're like, ah, we love the sun and the daytime, and then it gets dark and there's the night, and then there's a big snake, which is the night. Yeah, it's completely left up to our imaginations, although I imagine they're going for metaphorical. I like to think it was real. Yeah. There's this big giant purple snake that appears whenever night is mentioned, and it's like played off as if it's like, you know, they don't mention the snake, so it's just kind of metaphorical, but yeah. I think it was real. I think there was a giant fucking snake on that planet. I think that, that planet was Earth, Elliot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did they say that? Yes, they said it was Africa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be on any planet. And then there's literally Africa's. a picture of it. Yeah, yeah there's, I think you'll be surprised how many planets out there in Star Trek look exactly like Earth and have other countries okay. that are exactly okay. like Earth. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's not wrong, but... <laughs> I thought the snake looked really cool, though. So I got this theory, right? I think the snake is... Um, its actual name is like doctor our taxis and he was like a he was a doctor aboard a giant starship but they and he came to earth and the starship left without him and because he's he sunburns easily he comes out at night and he's trying to ask them for help but because he's a snake he's just innately terrifying like that's my own personal theory <laughs> he's just, just i wonder this why are you running <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a theory <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, uh, the the villagers are all scared and they take cover at night because of the big snake. And then there's this young girl who looks and sounds exactly like Michael Burnham, who basically says, hey, why don't we just go somewhere else? And they're like, no, that would involve traveling at night and the snake will get us. She's like, oh, you guys. What are we going to do? Oh, my, we'll have no land left to farm. But one girl said to the elders... We can go past the far mountain. We can find new land. But the elders said that journey would take longer than a day. Longer than two days, and that would anger the night beast. And then he said to her, Girl, go play. Go play? Are you kidding me? This is what I'm trying to say. But that's just rude. Can I finish, please? I have a question. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, they live in, like, huts, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And like they had to make like skins and sticks, right? Presumably, and you just mm-hmm. just set those up every night. Just they could walk till it starts getting dark. Set up the huts, go inside. Jobs, jobs done. Like you're it fine. Does, it it does feel like they didn't think too hard about it. And they are literally the first people, so like maybe they had <laughs> camping, but they hadn't invented camping. That's this would be like those huts are protecting them from the snake. Like in this, well, it must literally be out of sight, out of mind, right? The snake can't see them. She's like, oh, everyone's gone. You're telling me that these are the first people, and they've prioritized like hats and face paint over like fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They haven't found fire yet. Just huts. <laughs> All they've got is huts, face paint, and berries because they're hunter gatherers. Oh, and I guess like cows that they like eat. a snack of some sort. Yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. like a granola bar. Quite elaborate cloth as well. Yeah. Yeah. Full on hats. <laughs> and like, what is a hat other than a really tiny house? <laughs> <laughs> What's a good question? You went to the wrong estate agent, Matt. 
<laughs> this, this entire house is made of felt. <laughs> Stinks. Oh, uh, anyway, the little girl is all. I don't like this. I'm just going to go off on my own with a firefly, and then. <laughs> I don't know why she's got a firefly. Yeah, the, the fucking episode just goes, and she went off with a friend, and then the firefly just comes along and joins her, and it's like, what the fuck? They didn't, they don't introduce each other or anything. She's not like, hi, firefly. <laughs> and then somehow the firefly is two fireflies inside an egg. <laughs> it's her courage. Come on, people. It's her courage. <laughs> just don't know where the metaphor ends and the story begins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then she's walking through the, and the, the snake knight thing is chasing her now because she's wandered after her firefly and then she sees a light in the distance and the story just says she follows the light but the animation shows us that it's a spaceship crashing into the earth because <laughs> Star yeah. Trek is Star Trek it's quite a sexy spaceship as well it's a gorgeous it spaceship I really mm. liked it, the spaceship. It's, it's one of the most alien-looking spaceships we've seen in Star Trek so far. I was going to say, especially Elliot. That doesn't look, from what I can see, even using my outside of Enterprise knowledge of Star Trek, that doesn't look very Star Trek. That ship that landed on the planet, like it looks yeah. really, it looks really like um, almost like a. It almost reminded me of uh, Doctor Manhattan's moon base in Watchmen. Oh um, yeah, it's kind of this gra- glass spiky design. Like it was yes. pretty cool. I was thinking Final Fantasy, something out of a Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I kind of guess because it's like hundreds of thousands of years ago, it would be like a totally different branch of like life and civilization. Because you know, spoiler alert: one of the things about Star Trek is the reason all the aliens look quite similar is because they were seeded uh, on their planets like th- millions of years ago by like one sort of progenitor species so that's why like some aliens like that yeah well they've all vaguely human shaped but then some of them are just lumpy yeah <laughs> so it wasn't just budget then yeah this alien is like before all that even so he's like a totally alien alien like nothing we've ever seen before. yeah yeah that was good cool. yeah the girl walks up to the ship and there's this really cool like jellyfishy, mm. light up <laughs> alien dude who I, I thought looked great. He looked brilliant. Nibble on him. <laughs> Good opportunity to bring this up for this uh, about the second time in our podcast. It really looked like the alien from Life. Have Ryan Reynolds watched it. No, we still haven't. Oh. We said we'd do it for a Patreon once, but I don't think we will. We might because now we have a Patreon. As we record, Yay. I haven't set it up, but as we've released the episode, I definitely have. Well, if it's ever requested. <laughs> That's putting pressure on myself there. Got to do it now. I think people would rather watch us watch something like the Orville or Galaxy Quest than uh, life. But... Do Galaxy Quest. Oh, we will. <laughs> we have to, I think. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> what a saving. <laughs> So the, the alien says, hey, you're very brave. And look, there's more out there in the sky. There's a big old universe. And she's like, ah, oh, cool. But how do I how do I make people in my village brave? And he says, here's an orb of light. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Use this. It'll work. <laughs> then he warps off in his spaceship. Yeah, that's a really brief visit to a planet, that, isn't it? And thankfully, he found a little girl. Which I there's, this episode is charming and I appreciate it. I quite, I quite liked it. It's a re- nice refresher after Enterprise, especially. I'm very glad to hear you say that. <laughs> that moment when the spaceship 
boom, light speeds off into space after having had the conversation and the girl is just looking up at the stars. I did start thinking, this doesn't feel like Star Trek anymore. This is just Pixar now. Little girl <laughs> smiling, wide-eyed, staring yeah. at this ship going into light speed when she's supposed to be a primitive tribe. No, it'd be freaking out. She'd be freaking out or she'd at least be like, <laughs> oh my God, this should be like, a, a, an element of what the hell did I just see rather than oh, it's so pretty no, I don't think so Elliot because this is the, these are very primitive people who still believe in like gods and monsters so mm. to her this is just another one of those you freak me out I still think any any self-respecting human concerned with their own survival would at the first ever sight of a ship going light speed that they can't actually comprehend shudder I mean, I've we've seen the movies, and I'd still shit myself if an alien actually landed on it. <laughs> <laughs> but she is a brave little girl. She's oh, also yeah, she part of a metaphorical story, so I yes. know it's like. <laughs> so, uh, she goes back to her people, and now they can see stars because they came out of the orb or something. And she becomes a queen and fights the big snake monster. I only wanted a raccoon. <laughs> 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 I, got a theory. I got a theory. Oh yeah, on what's going on there? I reckon that the planet was. This is a new theory, by the way, about the snake, and, and enveloped in some kind of um, some kind of like uh, environmental disaster, some sort of weird like cloud, maybe like maybe just too far. No, actually, that doesn't make any sense. Oh god, maybe Earth was inside a Dyson sphere, and that's why they couldn't see the stars, and the alien destroyed it. Okay, I don't have any theories. I love the <laughs> the Dyson Sphere, though. <laughs> and always nice to just get them in. Because like, what the, my problem with this episode is, where were the stars before? <laughs> it's a in story. The, little that the alien had. I think I can solve your problem. Oh, okay. So, in human history, from the, the dawn of man, we have told stories to each other to explain what we don't know. So we tell folk tales... To explain things that we can't understand properly, so then we we will just invent a story. So it doesn't actually matter, like factually matter, <laughs> like yeah, man. why there weren't stars before. The story is like, oh, the stars are probably this because of here's a story I've invented, and it makes everyone in the tribe feel better. I do appreciate this, and I I, I do understand. I do understand this point of view, but then we invented podcasts to explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> And unfortunately, that's where I've fallen. Damn it! Oh. To be fair, we oh. are a very nerdy podcast, so we have to ask these questions, even when we don't want to. Humankind yeah. wasn't expecting the advent of podcasts, clearly. <laughs> no, no, that's true. No. no, for example, i i would have en- I would have thoroughly enjoyed sh- she'd opened her little Pandora's box full of stars, and they all swoop out into the sky like they did, and then everyone in the tribe could just go, "What the fuck are these? <laughs> what the are sky- they?" There's a fucking sky full of them. What are we gonna do? I think there probably was somebody in the tribe like you, Elliot, but I think it was ignored. They purposely panned the camera away from that. It was the one person in the tribe who'd just been made to sit through four seasons of Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) But then we go back to the space station, and young Michael is like, Oh, I like that story. You can turn the light off now, and I'm gonna go to sleep. And dream of that queen who was the girl who made the stars. The end. So, a nice tale. Yeah, nice. A nice tale. Just before we we go on to anything, I've accidentally watched 
an, an extra episode of Star Trek this week due to Amazon's inability to label their episodes yep. of Star Trek. Correctly. I did the same thing, and Matt did the same thing. So we've we've we have consumed. I, I will point out they've managed to do this watch a live action episode, even though they both knew we were supposed to be watching an animated one. Uh, I mean, you say that, but like, I was, I was like, wait, I mean, I kind of, when he first came on, I was kind of thinking, oh, he's going to like turn animated. You thought it was going to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, well, it was so short. It was over before like anything. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we've consumed Star Trek Plus this week, essentially, even though it was only, as you say, bite size. Bite size. It's like the popcorn chicken. Star Trek than we usually do. Yeah. <laughs> even though we've, consor- we've consumed two portions of Star Trek this week, it's still less than an entire meal of Enterprise. <laughs> and boy, did you make a meal of Enterprise. How many of, are, of there are these? Oh my God. <laughs> How many shorts are there? I want to say Is like 11. Two it, seasons, a bit like um, the Star Wars Visions. Yeah, a little bit. So they get like different bit. studios and different styles and stuff. Because I did not watch any more than I needed to for this episode, so I didn't look around. Only two of the short ones are animated. Oh right. But then, okay. but they are all sort of different era, parts of the franchise, different characters and things. And yeah, quite different styles sometimes as well to like the main show. And the two that are animated are very different animation styles as well. Nice. Oh, I'm going to go look look for the other animated one. The other one is called Ephraim and Dot. So. <laughs> uh, but we're a ways off that in the show. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> it was, Me too. It was great. I, I, you know, somewhat inessential, but it was, it's just a nice little animated fable. And it gives it that Star Trek twist that is is a very common Star Trek thing where it's like, all those folklore and tales, they actually happened, but it was aliens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Is that a thing? It's <laughs> like a history channel, like, it was aliens thing, isn't it? A lot of charm. I will say, and this is, I'm, I'm not trying to, this has been my entire thing with the podcast, so this is obviously not just going to sound like everything I've done in the past and knock on Nick. This is just to point out, it's obvious that this is not a top of the line animation company this isn't dreamworks animating this and they're not got hundreds of people pouring over every single scene and, and everything but the the father animation was very stiff at times obviously they had far more important things to animate in this episode they had a giant fucking snake chasing there and they had the girl and the alien and the spaceship and the tribe and everything so it's like yeah fair enough however it was funny to watch this wooden doll of a father <laughs> yeah. trying to emote to this little girl. It's, it's interesting because um, like, uh, my wife was in the room wandering around, not necessarily looking at the TV and she turned around and was like, I knew it was animated because you can kind of tell in the voice acting. Mm. I guess like animation voice acting is a bit more like stage acting where you're just sort of, there's nothing around you, you're just sort of emoting to like maybe potentially another person, maybe just a computer screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I, I kind of like that, and yeah, I, I know what you mean about the dad. Like, I imagine that's probably the section that like I would have been involved in animating, and everyone would have gone, "Sorry, <laughs> mate, but it's not great." Is it? Like, <laughs> I finished it on time. Okay, <laughs> I mean, we've got an actual animator with us, so yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking about this because I, I picked up on exactly the same thing. Like, he it just seems like. Mm. They spent their budget elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, they totally had like totally limited amount of time to rig the Mike Senior <laughs> puppet. 
because he definitely does not move in the same way that she does and mm, there yeah. and he's missing nuances that i would as an animator crave to put in like he's got like he's got like a stiff face man yeah i don't want to yeah. i don't want to like be mean about it because no of course it's just that it's hard obvious. work it is but no, it's, it's just obvious, that it's easy yeah. to see, isn't it? Yeah, Especially when it's cool. like literally juxtaposed with her and she's got all this like lovely fleshy face yeah. and, and as- asymmetrical mouth shapes and stuff and he has no character. Yeah, and they've really, really pushed for the like Disney Pixar big princess eyes on her as oh, well. I, know. Like... <laughs> I, I often find that like parents are animated in, in this kind of way though just to sort of make them kind of look a bit boring and, and normal in the world whereas like a child has got any of the the touch of wonder about them that they can yeah. you know, explore these magical places. But yeah, I mean, whether or not it was, you know, intentional or, or whether it was just, just purely because they would, you know, spend their money elsewhere. Like you said, yeah, I mean, it's still fine. I thought it was Is all right. It ended, children? Do you think? Yeah, I think that one probably was. I think that one is a nice little gateway for a younger Star Trek fan. Though those younger yeah. Star Trek fans cannot then go on and watch Discovery because that is the most adult of all the Star Trek shows. <laughs> There's fucks and Klingon swearing, Klingon swearing, Klingon sex in that all over the show. Oh, I don't oh, want to see that. Oh. Well, you, you okay, have to, Elliot. Oh, God. That's weird then. So they've made like a fairly child friendly, child aimed yeah. short film and they've got nowhere to go. No. That's <laughs> odd, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that I think there was a this this sort of two year period was very much the people higher up in Star Trek didn't they wanted to Game of Thrones the live action stuff and then they <laughs> other people took over and did other things. Interesting. Do, do you know, like in the eighties when there's like there's a universal sort of like I'm I'm a TV writer in the eighties and to do that impression you go, oh my god, what if God needs a starship? And, like, yeah. But, I- Nowadays, everybody's like drinking like prime energy drink and going, Come on, we'll just make some really cool like Pixar stuff. Yeah, 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 we can do that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, this is the thing, like, Star Trek, oh my God, has been in and is still in so many different pairs of hands that it's you're going to get it infused with every single thing that you can find out there now. Like, it's, it's right. parts of it here and parts of it there. They're all going to be different takes from different people. That, I think that's one of my main kind of criticisms of it is that. It's really been all over the shop. Like I know that you know we look at Star Wars and we can say the kind of the same things about Star Wars, but there's definitely it feels like there's a continuity working mm. through Star Wars with Star Trek. Sometimes the continuity just shifts yeah. when a show ends and a new show starts. It's it's weird. There was there was a very long period of time where Star Wars wasn't like that, and it was very mm. much Star Wars was basically George Lucas, and we well, all yeah. three films. For yeah, <laughs> twenty first, years. Even, even when the prequels came out. And it was six films. Everyone was still mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, but it's still, he's never going to do S7, though. And that was the whole meme. He was never going to do seven. And then somebody else stepped up because he didn't do seven. Because he sold it and made millions of dollars. <laughs> and he's probably very happy with his decision. I think he is. Yes. Imagine all the money he spends on like white dad trainers and check shirts nowadays. <laughs> I wish I had that many check shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and white dad trainers. Yeah. I can't pull off white dad trainers. Oh, you haven't you haven't found the right pair, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do, do we want to say anything else about the girl who made the stars? I loved that. Um, I googled it, and it is a real African folklore tale. Mm, yeah. And it, oh, cool, like, cool. Like the first collect like collected evidence of like written was like back in the 18th century. I think it's been published by a couple of different authors. So <laughs> I liked that. I liked that. I love folktale and I love that whole mm. like, humans are compelled to tell stories 
and I love the ones that do trek back to like really early man because they couldn't explain stars so then they just had to make magic stories about it I don't know if that's true obviously because like I don't have (laughs) uh, much knowledge beyond what I can find on Google today but (laughs) I do love that I love that it's like a real tale yeah there's um it's really because I I wondered I, I didn't actually uh, look on Google on account of the fact that I was watching this episode uh, literally five minutes before this started <laughs> because it was the wrong one. But I was wondering if it was from a real folk story or if it was just like an, an embellished tale. But it's quite interesting because fairly recently I, I watched a, a long YouTube video about uh, Orion and the Pleiades, like the, mm. the Seven Sisters. Ooh. And as it turns out, like there are weirdly diverse cultures that have that as a folk story that like go as far as like Aboriginal Australians, um, sort of early Africans, like European, North American. Like it, it, the story is essentially the same. And um, there's this different thoughts of reasons why. But like one of the interesting things about it is the number of the Pleiades you can see today is less than you could in the past. Oh. For, for some weird cosmic shift reason. So, so it's odd because everyone says the same number of sisters. Like they say, like there's seven sisters. Like, I don't know. I, I'd have to watch the video again and, and to give a more comprehensive view. But I just find that idea about sort of ingrained, very core stories that just kind of span cultures to be really well, fascinating. I assume it like in in this episode they refer to it as the first tribe, don't they? And you know, mm-hmm. humanity started in Africa and yeah. they had Pangaea. All the lands were connected, and we all then spread out. So some of those stories mm-hmm. must go all the way back back to that sort of time which means the fact that we're still telling them today is pretty fucking cool I, yeah i love that people i i think pretty much people will have just purely existed while the earth looks like it does now so like it would we would have always been on this shape earth except obviously there'd be like land bridges due to ice ages and mm. uh like the mediterranean dried up at one point because something got stuck like a log <laughs> the plug oh yeah thing. yeah Doggerland, the unfortunately titled Doggerland, which was a huge area of land in the North Sea, oh, um, yeah. sank. So, like stuff like that happened. But yeah, broadly the continents would have all been the same. But yeah, it is really fascinating because there's nothing to say that people couldn't have just jumped on a bunch of boats and actually mm-hmm. made it to a totally different continent, and it's completely lost the history. You know, like, I heard that there's going to come a point where the continents rejoin. Do they like hit? Do they kind of go around the other way? I don't know if they either go drift so far that they come back around, or if they're just like, or it's like swing ball, and they're going to just get hit the other. (laughs) Pangea. Would that be an extinction level event when they both hit, or would it just be really slow that we're just like, hi Russia? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, I'll be living in space when it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's not next year, you know. Probably in like the twenty thirties or something. EJ's going to be the captain of a garbage scow. (laughs) <laughs> I will be a lieutenant Wicked. at best. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with the garbage scout. Good, good union rates. Good <laughs> yeah, but that that was the girl who made the stars, and pleasant. Even though I've watched it before, I was pleasantly surprised by it. <laughs> it's yeah. very pretty. I think we've like done it a disservice a little bit by keep uh, likening it to Pixar. It's not really like it is very pretty and it's got an art style all of its own i would say yeah. and there were a couple of scenes especially when like she's looking up at the stars then at the end and they're all reflected in her eye i know we were like saying her eyes are they're a bit too fucking big but <laughs> that scene really got to me i was like oh 
that is pretty. That is that is like if I was a little girl watching that, I would that is yeah, so no. whimsical and lovely. Yeah. That's what yeah. I, I love about good. it. And that is one of the unfortunate things about the episode is that yeah, then it it leads on to discovery, which that then child would not be able to watch. <laughs> yeah. For another, like, yeah, that is a shame. Years or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, I'll show it to Vincent Jeffrey, and then I'll say we'll watch some other Star Trek though before you get to discovery. <laughs> uh, well, um, Danny, you lucked out in a way that a lot of our guests who hadn't watched Star Trek before hadn't done. It's your first episode. We will definitely have to have you back for animated and live action shows in the future yeah well we could watch the when is so this is what i'm not understanding like so star wars visions they just release 10 and then they're all out there and then you watch them whenever you want Hmm. but this one seems like it is in some sort of order and you haven't watched the other one yet we're going in timeline order timeline the the internal chronology (laughs) of the star trek universe uh, and because this has Michael, but we, you know, we could have watched this right at the very start because it's the first tribe of people, but no, because we've got Michael Burnham in there as the framing device. So that's where we went with. Right. So we will so see. The series that we have just finished now uh, is about, well, like 60, 50, 70 years before, before Michael, Michael Burnham. Burnham. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But there's another one. There's another animated There's another short. Yeah. But. That isn't soon. Okay. <laughs> uh, before that, before we get to that, we will have, though, the first ever animated Star Trek that was made, which is the entirety of Star Trek, the animated series from the 70s, which is very... Oh, I've only seen pictures of that in other shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the pictures okay, are okay. really not that far from the truth. <laughs> yeah. So Spock has a giant. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. Okay. okay okay i'll put i'll write that down i'll come back for that damn right <laughs> <laughs> the next episode of star trek matt elliott and i will be approaching is another short trek it's live action i'm very sorry and it is called the brightest star so uh, any guesses it's about uh, a really bright star yeah yes is the it sun? the sun <laughs> it's a sun because all stars are oh Oh, no, you're making me feel dumb already. <laughs> Star Trek makes me feel stupid. Nah. <laughs> it's 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 also <laughs> Discovery related again. Uh, we, we will be meeting a, another Discovery character for the first time. But we will get on to that in our next episode. Uh, in the meantime, Danny, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Where can people find you online? I'm Bintikins across all the socials. And I, my podcast that you mentioned right at the beginning was uh, Retakes Podcast. So you can uh, find me there on Twitter and Instagram. And what, what is Retakes? Tell us a little bit about it. Oh, <laughs> it's niche. It is a, a mental health podcast for animators working in the cool. TV industry. <laughs> oh, wow. That's kind awesome. of like, I'm really passionate about helping people through it because it can be a really punishing creative career. Like we yeah. are completely tied to the opinions of fans. Our, our bosses, <laughs> our directors, and it can hurt and it can be really hard. And also it's very gig based. So our worth is really attached to whether we're working or not. It's kind of about that in a nutshell. I'm trying to make it real positive because <laughs> I love my job and I love the industry. So everything I've learned, I'm just trying to pass on to any younger animators that are coming up behind me and they want to know if it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, that was a very noble pursuit. I will say, you say it's niche, but as someone who's not an animator, I've still found listening to it, it's very relevant to other creative industries as well. So I, I do thoroughly enjoy it and recommend it to all of our listeners. 
Oh, that is amazing. I love that. Oh, thank you. Thanks for saying that. Like, you never get any feedback, do you? Like, put an episode out and you're like, do people like it? And then... No, we, we get feedback. I don't want the feedback on this. I'm all right. <laughs> but I will put links to all of Danny's social media presence and retakes in the description of the episode, as well as, as ever, the links to our own social media presence, Elliot's music, Matt's whatever he's doing. What are you doing, Matt? <laughs> Matt's doing a lot. Links in the description, as well as a link to our Patreon, uh, where you can join us on Patreon and you can pay us, and you'll get video versions of all these podcasts unedited. So all the shit I cut out of the audio, you will get to see. You'll get to see <gasps> Elliot's cat in this week's yes. episode if you join the Patreon. That's worth the price of entry alone. Uh, but if you can't join the Patreon, we also have our coffee, where you can make a one-time donation if a regular subscription isn't your thing. Or just like and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. That also helps us if money isn't something you can give us. But we do like money. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Take care. We'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.